My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey guys, it's Liz Kelly and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. The Ringer's YouTube channel is nearing 100,000 subscribers, so make sure you check us out on youtube.com slash the ringer to keep up with the latest NBA desktop with Jason Concepcion, Slow Newsday with Kevin Clark, and tons of Ringer original videos like Hallelujah or Kobe Come Back. Also, be sure to check out all of our NBA trade deadline coverage. Kevin O'Connor wrote about the ongoing pursuit of Anthony Davis. Dan Devine wrote about the five biggest questions after the trade deadline. And Bill Simmons and Ryan Russillo recorded a live trade deadline reaction podcast, which you can watch on youtube.com slash the ringer or listen to on Apple and Spotify. Hello, friends. Welcome to a golf podcast unlike any other. Oh, yeah. My par-saving pals, my birdie buddies. Here we go. We're driving up to the first tee. It's time for some fairway rolling. Oh, yeah. This is the new golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by Callaway Golf. I am your humble starter, Joe House. What a week in golf. Phil Mickelson brings it home at Pebble Beach after rolling his eyes at Paul Casey. Tiger Woods is back. He's making golf in Los Angeles great again. We've got, of course, a cast of Ringer characters lined up in the foursome to help us understand what happened and what's coming up next? Megan Schuster, we're talking a little golf social. We're breaking down all things Phil, all things Brooks Kepka, all things Tiger, and a bunch of celebrities. Chris Vernon is on. It's this week in Tiger Woods. One of us thinks Tiger might miss the cut. <laughs> and against all odds, none other than Harry Gagnon. 
He loves it when I go French like that. From Cousin Sal's Against All Odds, comes on to talk to us about odds in major tournaments and his expectations for this week's Genesis Open. My friends, quick housekeeping, or if I may, greenskeeping note. We have a show today. We have a show next week. We're taking a one-week break, and then it's show after show after show. The PGA Tour schedule is rolling. We're rolling in the fairway. Shows straight through the month of March, all the way through the Masters. We're giving out a lot of classy advice and guidance and input for all these classy champions along the way. My birdie buddies, I see the first tee is open. As the saying goes, let's let out a little shaft, shall we? And now on the tee, Chris Vernon. All right, my birdie buddies. He is co-host of the Ringer NBA podcast, The Mismatch, and host of the Chris Vernon Show in Memphis, Tennessee. Yo, Verno! How? Thanks for having me on. Always, my dude. This is a this is a week in Tiger Woods. Uh here he's he's playing Riviera, so we had to sit down and talk through this week in Tiger Woods. Well, the last time we saw him, he ended the weekend well at Torrey Pine. Um, but the more I read about this weekend, the more I'm worried that this may not be the uh, the great outing that I was hoping for. You didn't know, especially after taking a week off in between, how good he'd be if he can carry over those last couple of rounds from Torrey Pine. But now, I re- you know, he's not played very well at Riviera. Then he took like the decade off from playing there. But now he's back because the Tiger Woods Foundation is so involved. So it sounds more like, you know, that's why he's really there. Um, so well, hey, Berno, listen, if it's, yeah, let's get it out of the way. I'm betting him to miss the cut this week. Oh, I mean, gosh. If, if I had <laughs> now, look, you just covered all the, all the right territory. This event, know. he, he, this is absolutely the version of tiger that I personally want and love. He is, he is embracing that ambassador role an ambassador of golf. Did you see all the wattage that he brought out for this little celebrity event he had yesterday at Riviera? He, he I mean, it was, this was a list of A-listers. He had uh, uh, Chris Pratt out there, Nick Jonas, Mark Wahlberg, Larry Fitzgerald, Reggie Bush. They had my girl Paige Sporanek, you know, the golf, uh, the, the um, professional player that also has the big Instagram thing, uh, former professional <laughs> player. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, there was a lot of, he brought out a, a lot of folks to come play. He and Freddie put on this little event and they are raising money for the Tiger Woods Foundation. Like this version of Tiger can coexist with, with Tiger the competitor. And I think it's, if, if you're going to go ahead and kind of sacrifice an event, put it early in the schedule at a venue where you haven't had a ton of success, no wins in his professional career, only four top tens out of all of his starts. Um, but like it's Los Angeles. So he's bringing back, you know, the star luster, you know, the, the he's bringing back the shine to a, to a premier tour stop at an iconic golf course. That's what a golf ambassador does. Chris Vernon. Okay. So let's, let's, then you can look at it two ways. His foundation is so involved, this week is so much about he and the foundation, that he will be laser-focused 
and the absolute best version of himself. Or he's ambassador guy, spends the entire week shaking hands and kissing babies, so he's not totally locked in. And the reason he's playing it is because his foundation is so involved with the tournament. And so that the tournament is actually an afterthought to all the work, the foundation, and the attention it's getting this week. And, and I, I will tell you, I fell for this last week. My buddy texted <laughs> me late last week, and he's like, oh, Speed just got that deal with AT&T. He's going to be so locked in. First day, he's murdering it. I'm like, you know what? Let me get on this Speed action. Nope. It just fell apart the rest of the way. And I was like, oh, because it was the whole, he's really going to want to show out because of his uh, relationship with the sponsor. So that was part of me thinking on this, you know, is the, and yeah, well, he did miss the cut. And like you said, I mean, the, the, the stats are the stats. He's not played well at this course. Yeah. And I, I look, I've learned in my life, never bet against El Tigre. So I'm not, rooting for him to miss the cut and if i put any money on the idea that he ain't going to play the weekend it'll be a very very small increment it will not be anything meaningful he's playing with rory and justin thomas yeah so does that lead you to believe right you don't want to get humiliated with those guys so maybe yeah, but you he, get a more locked in guy than if he's just playing with lower ranked tour players well, that, I, I think that can cut both ways. Like, he knows he's the OG with those dudes. He, those dudes are not dudes that he's worried about, you know, coming up and, and beating his butt. Um, but I do like the, the, the competition element of it will definitely get him going. You're absolutely right about right, that. Well, I, I just think it's too much me. to I've ask. I've been trying to talk myself into this. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Look, he... he, he Tiger wants the big stage when when the stage is big, if you don't understand what I'm saying. Now, Riviera is a terrific stage, and him adding that to his uh, wealth of riches in terms of the wins and, and all the notches in his belt, golf-wise, I'm talking about there, Verno. Um, you know, that, that Riviera would be a nice one to add in there, but he won twice as a junior, so it's in, it's in his, his extended resume. And, you know, I, I just think this role of, of him you know, really uh, uh, putting a great light on uh, L.A. And, and, and Riviera is is the best role for him at the moment. All right, all right. So uh, ha- having got that out of the way, let's talk a little bit about uh, how we did. Now, now uh, we're, we're going to give our Phil Mickelson Epic Flash Sub-Zero pick of the week. Um, and I had to use uh, some artificial intelligence for that. It's the only way that... that uh, I can figure anything out. You know, they use artificial intelligence to generate that that driver, but uh, we're not. It's not time yet to give out that pick. Um, how was your uh, reaction to Phil Mickelson? What, let me hear what you thought about Big Phil getting it done. Poor, because like I did not have Phil Mickelson. <laughs> I didn't. Know, I didn't. See, I didn't see that coming. The other thing is, you know, I guess I was just being a Debbie Downer about it, but. That course and that setup and the way that looks on TV is so amazing. And then the weather was so bad, and it yeah, just, well, it you was... know, it's so so windy, and then it's hailing, and it's just, and then they got to delay the thing when you're trying to keep up with it, and it was just a shame that they got such bad weather at such that because like on TV that looks as good as any place on earth. 
Yeah, that that's that's I like watching this tournament. Um, the AT and T, the Pro Am. Um, they used to call it the Clam Bake, uh, because it falls on a, on a great time on the sports calendar. There really is not anything else going on. The only other sporting event that was really interesting to me over the weekend was UVA Duke, um, and I I watched that that Houston uh, uh, OKC game a little bit of interest. But I love where this tournament falls on the calendar because it really isn't going up against anything else. And you can just sit and and feel lazy and watch hours and hours. The rounds take forever because the amateurs are playing. And it's just this long, quiet broadcast. If you want to take an hour and a half nap in the middle of the broadcast, go ahead and do it. You can wake up and and, and catch a little bit on the backside and not have only missed you know three or four holes. So it felt like stealing something a little bit to to have them playing into the evening, a Sunday night, and then flip over to Monday. We got a little bit of bonus golf there that I I quite enjoyed. Have you ever played it? I've not. I walked it the first time I've ever set foot on the grounds in the middle of the summer, August. Uh, I, I went out for the U.S. Amateur and watched those guys bang it around a little bit. I mean, it's it's just uh, extremely dramatic is the way I would put it. Oh yeah, well no, I looked up the trips. I was I was listen. That's how that's how good the place looked. I was online looking up, you know how long, yeah, how many nights you have to stay, how much it plays. Because I mean, it's five hundred bucks. But it's a one time deal, right? That I would yeah, play out yeah, there. I mean, you right. can get on it. You can play it. Yeah, for sure. There were people playing. You know, when I was yeah. out there, there were people. Uh, you know, who had their trips on the other side of of the the amateur event who were planning on just getting right on out there and, and, you know, they, they have it set up for it. It's, it's built for business. Let me tell you that, put it that way to you. But sp- speaking of, of built for business, we have a golf tournament in front of us this week with an outstanding field. We got seven of the top 10, 13 of the top 20. And that's what I'm talking about with tiger, the tiger effect in terms of this, this event, some, some great names, some guys we haven't seen uh, a couple weeks. We've got Rory McIlroy in the mix. You mentioned him. Uh, we, we, we're we're going to see Hideki uh, you know, come back. Jordan Spieth has to acquit himself a little bit after collapsing on you last week. I know he co- cost you a couple dollars. Bubba, we haven't seen since Phoenix. So some, some, some fantastic names. Let me hear a couple names that you're looking at. It's only It's early in the week, so you don't have to pot commit to anybody although i'm going to put you on the spot for one pick of the week but give me some names that you're thinking about all right so adam scott finished in the top 12 two of the last three years and you know we just saw him at tory pine look awesome so he's got to be he's got to be considered um bubba as you mentioned i mean the guy i think it's 2014 16 and 18 he's won so i mean this is just like he just owns this course He's just great on this course. Uh, so you got him. Thomas, who I saw was around 12 to 1. Obviously, like any tournament he's in, um, I look at him. Phil was tied for six last year, and we just saw him play well at Pebble Beach. So there's a lot of people that will tell you that lead-up is not necessarily the greatest of gauge to how somebody's playing just because it's the different courses that they're playing throughout the week, etc. I guess the uh, Patrick Cantlay. I was hoping it would be longer odds, but it's really not. I think he's four. Yeah. He's top five last year. Was awesome in the amateurs uh, there, the NCAA championship which they held there. Um, but in the end, 
you know, I can't deny Bubba Watson, who's got, I mean, he wins there. And, like, when you see a guy that's had that much success on a course, um, and then I hate to do this because I know he's the favorite, but I am very persuaded with the Dustin Johnson stuff. Sure. And yeah, the idea I, that, you know, he's jet lagged coming back and that this course is perfect for him and it's going to be super soft, which makes it now, even more perfect for him. Now, is this, is Dustin Johnson your 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 uh, epic flash sub-zero pick of the week? If I had to pick someone, I would, in fact, take the favorite this week. Well, you, you, who's going to kill you? You're not going to bet him at eight to one because that's just no return whatsoever. But it's apparent that after winning in in Saudi Arabia, he used his event the 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 uh, experience up at uh, Pebble to just get his his sea legs back in, under him, so to speak. Right, he just got himself back on on U.S. time zone, back on West Coast time zone. And you know he's got his body clock set right, and and how, how can you deny uh, DJ? I mean, it's his uh, six top three finishes, including you know he won two, two years ago. Like, what do you want to say? It's DJ. He's, he's, so this, uh, this is what I figured out with him. House. Let me give you a little word to the wise here. Oh, I'm, I can't odds, wait. All right, the odds suck, right? So here's what happens: uh, most of the time, he's not murdering everybody after the first round. Sometimes he is, and he does go wire to wire. But many times he's not. So you wait, and you hope he's a couple under after that first round. And next thing you know, those odds, you know, you're jumping to 1,200, 15, whatever. So if you're going to take him, take him after the first round. I mean, I suppose he could shoot a great score, and that odds, then, and then 800 is going to be the best odds you get. But more often than not, if you are the favorite going in, your odds do get better after round number one. And then he kills everybody in the second and third round. And he, and then by the time it gets to the fourth round, he's minus 250 or some crap. Well, I, I like it. We called it the Phil Mickelson Epic Flash Sub-Zero Pick of the Week because it was a Phil one. He wanted to play in the dark. He wanted to win the dark. That, that, you, Dustin Johnson isn't exactly a, a, you pulling a shot in the dark here. Um, but I, I, I admire, you know, you just, sometimes the right thing to do is to take the answer that's staring you right in the face. Sometimes that's the right answer. Chris Vernon, uh, is, is taking Dustin Johnson this week. That is our Epic Flash Sub-Zero pick the week. Verno. What's a Bubba number? What's a Bubba number? Now look, Bubba, Bubba's, uh, up there pretty, pretty high. He's at 18 to one. I saw, but there are a bunch of guys ahead of him. That's actually way better odds considering the guys won it three times. He has, he's played three tournaments. He's missed a cut once, but he did finish inside the top five at Phoenix a couple weeks ago. And obviously this place uh, fits his eye. I'm going to, I'm, I'm having a uh, Harry from the degenerate trifecta on against all odds. Uh, you know, the cousin Sal podcast coming on uh, as well. I'm talking with him uh, about some of these odds, but I'm looking at, at some longer odds and, and, the guys that I like uh, are in this 25 to like uh, 35 to one range. And those are names like, you know, Adam Scott, by the way, 28 to one. Um, but I like Paul Casey. And the reason I like Paul Casey is because I like a story, Verno. And the, and I believe that the way he conducted himself in that, you know, where, where Phil Mickelson wanted to play until midnight uh, on Sunday night. And and Casey, you know, tapped the brakes and handled it uh, properly and, and persuaded Phil that the best course of action was to go ahead and get a night's sleep. 
Um, I think the golf gods might be prepared to re- reward him. Paul Casey has a very nice track record here at, at Riviera. Finished in a, a lost in a playoff in 2015. He's been inside the top 25 in each of the last three times he's played. He's he's made the cut. He makes the cut every time he comes here, and he's obviously in in good good form. I mean, uh, runner up at, at Pebble, and he had a runner up um, the the other event that he played. Uh, I think Abu Dhabi, I don't recall. Um, but you know, if if you're looking for something that's got a little bit of a tail to it, where the golf gods are looking to to shine a light, I like Paul Casey. Oh, well then are we are we doing the flip side? Are we doing that, let uh, me hear the, the, flip. the golf gods the golf gods will smoke Matt Kuchar for what he did to L two Cam? <laughs> no, that story came out. Does that uh, Michael Bamberger published a story? He got he had a one on one conversation, uh, and it appears that the toucan toucan got five G, but he's holding out for fifty. And you know what? On a, on a one point two five million dollar purse, fifty grand seems like the, uh, a fair enough number. Here's my question to you, Verno, and 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 we can't really put ourselves in in Kucher's shoes, but. If you're Kucher or his agent, isn't and and the dude says, you know, thank you, but I think fifty is fair. Why wouldn't you just stroke the check? What's the mindset? Especially, especially if you know that L two can can spread that to the media. I think the guy should get fifty grand for going by the name L two can. It's a it's a great it's name. Uh, all by, by itself. Way, by the, and by the way, Matt Kucher had not won. Uh, in four years before he yeah. won that. It, it wasn't like it was a standard walk in the park for Cooch. And, you know, right. uh, the story properly gave credit to the Took for, for calming him down. He <laughs> said the one piece of advice is that I saw he was nervous. I told him to calm down. I believe that really helped uh, Kucher. I mean, you know, it was a long <laughs> drought. He was in a long, a long, it wasn't, and it was not no small thing. That that you know, to, to to for the purposes of the tour and the attraction of that tournament and the storylines that came out afterwards, that you know this journeyman uh, uh, caddy who's local to the place, um, <laughs> you right. know, Kutcher picks hey, him up. It's I like a unbelievable. You down, can't. I'm, the the tour should write the check. The guy is always smiling. He's always nice. It seems. But I mean, I'm down on. He's made forty six million. Lord knows he's got that Sketcher money. That Joker's in every commercial for Sketchers. Oh boy, he's got fifty grand to give the two can. Hey, look, uh, Fairway Rolling is open to to all sponsors, all walk of life. Um, I just want I want to say this delicately. I I, I haven't worn any Sketchers. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not in the business of of scaring away potential sponsors, but. <laughs> I wear echoes so they can sponsor yeah. us. You you never put you never put no sketches on your dogs, right? Uh I, my my mom has seventy pairs, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Birdo, we're not gonna do any better than that. We're back next week. Uh we'll have a review. We see how how we did with, with Dustin Johnson and how the golf gods rewarded whether they rewarded Paul Casey and punished that cheapskate Matt Kuchar. Appreciate you, my buddy. Yeah, no. Hey, you're welcome for me going so hardcore against the grain with Dustin Johnson. <laughs>
<laughs> well, let's look. We'll, we'll be texting during the week. We'll come up with a nice menu here to, to allocate a little capital. Maybe we'll share some of this with all the fairway rolling uh, birdie buddies out there. Well, listen, I did. I did hedge it a little bit. That's what I said. Don't bet him at the beginning. Bet him after round number one. Boom. There we go. Thanks, Verno. Thanks, Huff. And now on the tee, Megan Schuster. All right, birdie buddies, our ringer golf correspondent, our in-house expert, Megan Schuster is on the line. Yo, Schusty. What's up, house? Are you ready to talk Phil? I, I'm so happy that we're talking Phil, <laughs> although I have to tell you, it's been a little bit of a love-hate relationship lately mm. between, between Phil and I. On this very podcast a few weeks ago, I gave out Phil as a red-hot number one leading contender Winner for the waste management, and you know what he Ooh, did? Yeah, he ended he ended up in the recycling bin. That was a tough look. That was a tough look, but he redeemed himself this week. So you know, lots to be excited about, I guess. What a season! S- tied for second at, at out at, at uh, Palm Springs, the Desert Classic, they're mm-hmm. calling it, with standing in the fairway, tied for the lead on that uh, that hole, standing in the fairway on the 18th hole. Tied for the lead. T second. That that's commendable. Mm-hmm. Miscut at Phoenix, where he has nothing but outstanding successes, and then back to another venue where where he's had obvious uh, lots of success and takes it. A, a first, a second, and a miscut. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of that. It's really been a roller coaster so far this year, but I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt at the waste management. I'm hoping that was just a blip on the radar and that he's full speed ahead the rest of the season. Well, the early talk so far, Shusty, is how does this, obviously everybody wants to make the connection between this Pebble Beach and the Pebble Beach that they will be playing in June <laughs> right, for the right, U- right. U.S. Open. He properly observed that this is, it's, it, it might as well be an entirely different golf course in, a, in another part of the world right? because of how different everything will be. Although the familiarity has to help and having, you know, we inside of of uh, five you know four months later all those positive memories and whatever bed he slept in you know hopefully he's mm-hmm. got that that same bed lined up for himself <laughs> I know I really hope so that fourth round was just unbelievably impressive bogey free sixty five best score of the round and he you know came back from three shots back which was just you know, crazy impressive to me. Finished first in the field overall in approach shots, which I think is a great sign moving forward. And he just kind of seemed fully in command. Uh, I will say, I think the thing that I am most impressed with about him, though, from this weekend, and we can talk about all of the sort of like Sunday into Monday antics because, you know, I have a lot of thoughts and there were some classic Phil quotes and reaction shots there. But I've just been really impressed with his attitude and demeanor so far this year, really focusing on the tournaments that he thinks he can win and have a good shot at. And then just kind of coming into those tournaments, like guns blazing, just ready to go. Well, not just guns blazing, but like physically swinging the driver as hard as it seems is humanly possible. (laughs) He, he, He is taking massive cuts with the, with the big stick. And it is, uh, by design, it is deliberate. Um, part of the the news following this week's event, he shared that he's picked up six miles per hour in swing speed mm-hmm. between the end of last season and the onset of, of this, and some combination of, um, you know, physical regimen. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's been doing some training, some some weighted uh, club kind of training, apparently. Mm-hmm. But it also has to be the case that the new 
epic flash uh, driver <laughs> that he has in his bag has has helped a little bit with that as well. Um, but that's that's 15 to 20 additional yards. And we saw it, I think, to me, what really stood out was was 14 on the backside of, of Pebble Beach that he he twice hit driver. He cut, you know, a little bit of that hole off mm-hmm. um, from the right side. It sets up nice for him to hit a a you know one a, a left-hander kind of a a draw he flies the bunker he lands it in the fairway and he's got four iron in his hands from 220 or whatever mm-hmm. and it's just like an automatic birdie when he's bombing it out there like that yeah i mean the driving has been genuinely impressive and i think when you compare that with you know all the um, impressive approach shots that he's been hitting lately and even tiger was interviewed earlier this week uh, and was asked about phil and he noted that phil's putting has improved it just kind of seems like his game is like fully coming together. Well, it, it is funny. We're going to talk about um, the end of Sunday into Monday. It was mesmerizing TV. <laughs> and, and you know, it really was kind of a redemption episode. And, and I, w- I want to be fair to CBS. They should just change the name of this. It, it is the, the most nappiest event. It is the best <laughs> event on the PGA tour schedule for catching a beautiful February winter nap mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's West coast. You're on the most of the, uh, you know, the viewing public. Now I'm not claiming that most of the viewing public is on the East, but I'm saying if you're in the East of the Midwest, the temperatures aren't great mm-hmm. and you're sitting on your couch and you're looking at the Monterey Peninsula. They're showing <laughs> the, the, the seals on their backs. Lovely catching, seal shots. Catching sun on their bellies. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, you know what? I, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put myself in that frame of mind. I'm going to catch some rays on my belly right now and just mm-hmm. it's, it's snooze off. But, you know, g- good, good for them. Uh, the hailstorm had the effect <laughs> of forcing the event, you know, way beyond the regularly allotted time. And we got all this bonus coverage Sunday evening that then fed into Monday. Mm-hmm. And what it really gave us and this was so, so generous of the golf gods, was zero fucks Phil <laughs> for like a solid hour and a half. Like, it's incredible. How do we get 90 minutes of no fucks Phil? And and it, this is the Phil that I want, and this is the Phil that is smashing driver all over the golf course. So so talk to me about your, your own reaction to, to no fucks Phil. Yeah, I mean, my first immediate reaction was that none of us are worthy of getting this so early in the season. <laughs> like, like genuinely, uh, we are not deserving of this, but we got it anyway. Golf gods, as you said, were very, very generous to us this weekend. So darkness starts falling Sunday night after the hailstorm delayed the round. He and Paul Casey are on 16 and fills up, I believe, three at the time and just very clearly wants to finish, wants to get the win under his belt. You know, who knows if he has plans later that evening, like something. He just seemed ready to finish it and just get it over with. He wanted to get home. He wanted to get home. He was ready. Uh, So he approaches Paul Casey and the rules official and they're talking and Phil's like, let's just play through. I can see fine, whatever. And you can see on Casey's face, he starts laughing because he see. I think he thinks Phil's joking um, because Paul Casey very clearly does not want to finish this round. So... They're going through. Eventually, the horn goes off, and there is this wonderful reaction shot where Phil is setting up on 17. The horn goes off, and you can just see this sort of, like, internal eye roll on his face where it just crumbles. He looks so annoyed, like, just wants to keep playing, just wants to wrap this up. Come into Monday. They finish the round. Phil wins. After the round, he thanked Paul Casey for calling the round early, said that he, you know, really protected both of us. 
um, and that he was really appreciative of him coming out and, you know, refusing to finish the round on Sunday, which is just a really great piece of like Phil rewriting his own history. It's the best. This is why uh, the the comment you just made about us not being worthy for for Phil at this early in the season, it's so true. I mean, you can just inject Phil directly into my veins right now, this this version of Phil. He is simultaneously uh, deriding Casey. He's he's (laughs) condescending. He is, you know, trying to imp- impose his will on the situation. And and by the way, all credit to Paul Casey for stand, standing up and doing the right thing. And, and by the especially the right thing to me was him protecting his amateur playing partner. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil Phil's amateur was n- no longer part of the mix. Uh, that he must not have uh, made the cut or whatever. But you know, uh, Paul Casey's partner was either tied for the lead or alone in the lead, right? For the for the amateur title, and Casey's like, you know, he didn't say this, but he was just mindful of protecting himself as well. Yeah, you know, he didn't want to go put a, a three footer, but I I thought it was sort of a, a, a nice presence of, of mind, presence of of the moment for Casey to to tap the brakes, but Phil. Uh, went through all of the, those emotions on the one hand being highly annoyed and then got on with Peter Costas on, in the tee box having heard what Paul Casey so they, they pulled Paul Casey up into the booth which was great TV Sunday <laughs> evening and, and on the 18th tower and then Phil heard it and then Phil uh, immediately snapped into to a little bit of generosity mm-hmm. well we'll have the benefit of the greens uh, being smoothed out tomorrow and then he doubled down on that as you observed uh, on on Monday, so he showed a little bit of a grace note after showing us exactly what he thought <laughs> in the moment, what he was trying to get done, how he felt, what he you know, and and it was uh, Phil Uber Alice was what what yes. he was after. And honestly, so, shouts to CBS for capturing that face crumble of Phil's because that was just amazing, like you said, amazing television, and it made it so much more entertaining. When he comes out with these generous quotes, thanking Paul Casey, all of this stuff later in the week, because it's like we obviously know how you felt in that moment. It was it was the primetime TV that we deserved after my <laughs> delicious afternoon nap. It's like, oh, I'm awake now. I'm going to get ready with for some dinner. Let me watch a little of this delicious primetime TV. Yes, it was just wonderful. So what else you got for me? Phil Phil wins. He's going down to tour. Uh, to, Tori, how dare I? Going down to Riv, the Genesis <laughs> Open. I have no expectations whatsoever for Phil at this one. I, maybe this is an every other week season for Phil. I think it might be. I could see that because um, he's got Mexico coming up, right, where he's going to defend his title. Um, so I could see him aiming really hard for that. I'm really into it. But, House, there's another guy with some attitude on tour right now that we have to talk about, and that's our dear friend Brooksy, Brooks Kepka. Oh. He is. Speaking of zero Fs. <laughs> Truly. He, Brooksy has been raging against the golf machine for at least a month. Ahead of the Saudi International, he went on the Golf Monthly podcast and basically called out other golfers on tour for their slow play. Literally at one point, he said, and I quote, it's not that hard, which is just gen- like the most brutal own to the rest of the golf world that Brooks, one of the top players on tour, is coming out and just saying, you know what? It's really not that difficult. You guys need to pick this up. Then last week, he doubled down in an interview on SiriusXM, basically saying that no one on tour has the guts to actually penalize players for their slow play and that things will continue until they do. And then after the Saudi International, uh, where Sergio was disqualified for damaging five greens, which is just 
unbelievable. And just generally having a meltdown, Brooks told the Playing Through podcast that Sergio acted like a child and that at 40 years old, it was time that he grew up. So first of all, like, wow, <laughs> this is... <laughs> Really, like quite the quite the media tour for Brooks over the last month. I'm, you know, really impressed at how he was able to just kind of own so many people on tour. And second of all, I'm pretty pumped that Brooks is coming out this year and deciding to just spill the tea all over the place. Well, well, how about this, right? This is a dude who who barely you could get an eyebrow raise out of. It seemed on the golf course or in or in any interview whatsoever. It seems mm-hmm. as though in terms of his attitude and his approach to the public persona who he's willing to you know what what he's willing to do for us he borrowed one of uh Ian Poulter's uh 12 Lamborghinis <laughs> and he didn't just go from 0 to 60 my man's 0 to 180 <laughs> in about you know 4.2 seconds Th- this is a dude that I I'm here for go ahead Brooks Kepka you you you're you're he and, and Justin Rose are swapping you know, who's who's number one in the world at any uh, given moment. Mm-hmm. And he's just, I, I guess he's seen enough of the guys that he's not, uh, he's no longer, I don't know what, he's he's not intimidated. I don't know what it is that had him in a frame of mind to be um, more circumspect and, and, you know, let's just be honest about it, extraordinarily boring mm-hmm. in all, in, in his, in his persona previously and may- maybe he just feel he's felt left out about not getting invited uh to baker's bay no no <laughs> sb2k for brooksy and, and you know he's got a lot of muscles in there mm-hmm. all those workouts that we see at him i'm sure he looks good with his shirt off <laughs> and, and actually we know we saw his ass in that thong we did indeed uh, that was... I, I i i'm sorry i mentioned that <laughs> i i thought that i'd done a good job of getting it out of my head but then i started thinking about him Oh, I, 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 it's, I can't get out of this hole. I've dug a <laughs> hole and I can't get out of, get me out of the thong hole, Schusty. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to say, I don't know if this decision to be the quote unquote voice of reason was calculated or if it just kind of happened where he, you know, came out against a slow play because he was so frustrated and then he got good feedback and decided to just really lean into it. But in a sport where people are just generally so afraid to call each other out, especially by name, I thought it was extremely fun to see Brooks start to own this corner. And I hope he keeps it up. I hope he just, you know, is out for blood all year. Yeah, well, I the, the slow play thing will be really telling because it, it's long been a bugaboo among the players. It is the thing, I think, when they, whenever they do um, the uh, polls among players, what thing do you like the least? It, it's slow play is their number one complaint and it really for whatever reason uh the only noteworthy slow p- play penalty that i can think of is that poor 14 year old kid at the masters <laughs> a handful of years ago uh, otherwise you know they get put on the clock but there right. are never really consequences that we're aware of now maybe there are fines behind the scenes because they're not trying to out guys and, mm-hmm. and uh, embarrass guys publicly and honestly i, I i've um you know uh, observe this with Shaq on, on the old Shaq house as a consumer of this entertainment product. I don't really care how quickly or slowly they play. It doesn't mm-hmm. affect my enjoyment, uh, other than something extraordinary like JB Holmes hijacking the tournament last year at Torrey Pines <laughs> and, and actively sabotaging my boy, Alex Noren. Mm-hmm. um, that, that kind of thing, you know, four and a half minutes over a shot. Um, that that's extraordinary, but like mainly the tempo of Sunday afternoon golf feels about right to me. Um, you know this this most recent weekend 
being, you know, the prime example, it, it occurs after the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. the, 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 this Pebble Beach event. It is extraordinarily long because of the amateur play. Right. But there's nothing else on TV. So, like, just sitting on the couch and, and you know, catching up on some NBA news and, and whatever the news of the day is mm-hmm. and, and maybe yeah, having a little snack and maybe I doze off for an hour <laughs> and I wake up and nothing's really happened to me like that. I'm, I'm okay with that. Right. I, I see where he's coming from, though, especially for a guy who hits it as long as Brooks and who plays as quickly as he does. I can see how you know, people taking two minutes between shots or however long it is that they're taking, you know, kind of throws him out of his rhythm, especially for, you know, someone who has said before that golf just comes so easily to him that, you know, he doesn't have all of the decision making to think through. I think he just kind of decides and goes with it that I can see how, you know, playing with someone like Bryson DeChambeau or, you know, some other guys on tour who are much more like mentally calculating all of the possible angles and, you know, hits and all of that kind of stuff would really kind of drive Brooks up a wall. So yeah, I'm sure. okay with him airing it publicly, honestly. I I think it's pretty fun. Yeah. I th- It's all part of the, the competitive element, right? Like mm-hmm. um, players playing at a speed that that's, you know, within the, the boundaries of the, of the rules um, and, and guys playing at different tempos. That's definitely part of the gamesmanship. So, uh, but, but I, I'm, I'm absolutely here for him being very outspoken uh, in 2019. <laughs> now, speaking of out, outspoken in 2000 uh, and, and 19, there's a golf tournament in your backyard um, this 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 week. Are you are you going to make it to to Riviera and, and maybe do some mashed potatoes? Uh, <laughs> in, a, in a, actually, don't do mashed potatoes in a backswing. <laughs> No, I well, maybe on Thursday. I'm hoping on Thursday. I'm actually out of town this weekend. I planned a trip uh, for the worst possible time, but I will definitely be watching. I'm very excited to see this tournament. Uh, I've been watching coverage all week, actually. Uh, Monday, I watched part of Tiger's inaugural Celebrity Cup matchup, which featured teams led by him and Freddie Couples, who are captaining. It had athletes, celebrities like Larry Fitzgerald, Mark Wahlberg, Nick Jonas, Kid Rock, all of these people playing in this. And there was like, it was really fun house. I don't know if you mon- like monitored any of that over social media, but they had lots of fun social executions from the event. Like Amanda Balionis was there covering on Instagram. Um, they had people following, I think all of the pairings around, you know, just doing in, in round interviews, capturing photos and just generally talking to all of the people who are playing. And it was really fun. I think we, we had to see Tiger in kind of a fun new environment. He was really playing the role of host which is kind of cool because later on this week, you know, obviously we'll be seeing him in full competitor mode, but he seemed really comfortable on Sunday just embracing his role as like golf popularity ambassador. Yeah. And, and at Riviera, which is, you know, one of the iconic stops on tour and, you know, he, he has his own personal history there having won as a junior in the uh, early nineties there. Um, he hasn't won since, but, you know, um, restoring the luster in Los Angeles of a tournament that, you know, had a, for a little bit of a moment, a hard time drawing, you know, the, the best field. Now the field is, is outstanding. Mm-hmm. And, and this, you know, the affiliation of his foundation and then his, his, um, live event thing, TGR live, right. uh, my, my local boy, Mike Antolini, I saw him up there, uh, doing the announcing of the thing, all, all the hustle shout out to Antolini, my playing partner in the golf fights, cancer, 
100 hole marathon, by the way, Antolini. He's a he's a very solid dude. But I I think this whole thing with um you know t- Tiger as as host and pulling in. I mean, that was a lot of high wattage mm-hmm. uh, a- among that group. That you know Nick Jonas and and Chris Pratt. Those are A listers, you know. They Luke are. Wilson. Luke Wilson is is he? A, he's at least an A minus lister, <laughs> right? I, I'll mean, give him that. I'll give him that. Yeah. Kid Rock, as far as I'm concerned, is a C plus lister. Yeah, but, that was you know that was something else. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald, Reggie Bush. I mean, it was a really good assortment of folks, and Freddie and and Tiger were so comfortable. Mm-hmm. My only complaint is, and I understand exactly why they did it the way they did. It, it was quite uh, uh, smart. To get these, um, the the easiest way to watch it was through these ambassadors that were running live Instagrams. Right. They had four different correspondents. Amanda was one of them. Um, Kira, the um, former Miss USA, was one of them. There was a woman that is a tel- a local television mm-hmm. person in Los Angeles, and I don't remember who the fourth one was. But it was a really neat way to walk the grounds mm-hmm. and like see it um, from ground level at, at at Riviera and see some of the holes, some of the shots. Played in a way that that um, isn't so evident from the highly glossy, beautiful, beautifully produced um, TV version. My my only complaint is I would have liked to have watched like a fully comprehensive package of it. Right. Le- le- when I got home last night, and it just it just wasn't there because I you know this was their first time, and I guess they were you want to get all the kinks out before you make a big investment. But mm-hmm. I I would watch a full half hour of that. I want to see. Who's good? Marky Mark apparently knocked it out of the park. You know, mm-hmm. everybody was raving about his game. Big surprise. He plays out of Riv. I mean, he plays out of, he belongs to at least two of those LA places, maybe right. three. And I know he gets around at, at Riviera quite a bit. And we know from his schedule, he allocates a full hour of golf from 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. every morning. <laughs> we so, do. We do know that. Yeah. No surprise out of the wall burger. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, this, this role of Tiger as hosts, this role of Tiger as ambassador, the charitable uh, element of this, they they um, raise money that they give to to support uh, college programs, is all like the very best um, Tiger, the Tiger that that we want. It is also um, going to dr- dramatically impact his ability to win this week. Yes, which is fine. <laughs> you know, it it it, it he, he's he has no wins at this venue, uh, and I think only four top tens in the, in the times that he's made appearances. But like Tiger as ambassador is great. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I agree with your point about it was a little bit difficult to piece together the full day. You kind of had to jump around Instagram stories and kind of maneuver through uh, all of the different coverage aspects that they deployed on social media. But it was just really fun to see Tiger in that kind of an environment. That was sort of the version of him I was hoping to get at the match was like someone who was loose, someone who was just out there having fun. And granted, he wasn't playing in this tournament. But it was just fun to see him out there as a captain, just walking the grounds, you know, critiquing everyone, just having fun, basically. Yeah, that that that's the version of, of Tiger that that we like. Um, so we're rooting for for great for things for him this week. Shusty, we're back next week. We'll have a review of how this uh, tournament went. Um, I expect missed cuts out of both Tiger and Phil. <laughs> so, I could see that too. I could very uh, easily see that. But uh, but this place produces classy winners, so I'm excited to compare notes with you next week. That sounds great. Thanks, House. Thanks, Shusty. All right, my par-saving pals. Quick break to share with you a word from our friends at Zip Recruiter. 
Hiring used to be hard, birdie buddies. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash rolling. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. Powerful matching technology ZipRecruiter has. They're scanning thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience, and they invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80%, that's 8 out of 10 for you math wizards, 8 out of 10 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, listeners of Fairway Rollin' can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Rollin'. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-O-L-L-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash Rollin'. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now on the tee, Harry Gagnon. All right, my par saving pals. There he is. He's, he's, he's a vital member of the de- degenerate trifecta on Cousin Sal's Against All Odds podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Hi, Harry. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, house? Everything's good, man. Everything's good. Can't complain. Yeah, well... We, we, we've been exchanging notes all golf season, giving out you know our thoughts as the weekend progresses. We've got some live odds we've been we've been banging on. We've got uh, uh, you know who are you looking at this weekend? You, I, I, I know from listening to against all odds that you have a deep and abiding affection for for both watching golf and enjoying it, its presentation, but also wagering a little on it. How did you come to acquire your interest in the golf and obviously, more importantly, the gambling on the golf? Right. Well, first, you know, I just got to tell you, it, 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 it's great that, that we're uh, come pals and, and, and like uh, going back and forth and notes with the, uh, with the golf situation every week and how things are going. Finally, I got a golf buddy, you know, I got a golf buddy who understands this and gets uh, figures this stuff out. It's great. We're trying to get Sal on it uh, and, he's, and he's dabbling, but he's not all the way in yet. Right, right. He's close. He's close. But, you know, I just growing up, uh, upstate New York, uh, my father was a golfer. He's actually pretty good, too. And, uh, you know, always watching football on the weekends and stuff with, uh, with my dad, having growing up, having a good time. But he was also like one of those guys that you wouldn't find too many guys. He'd be flipping between the, the football and the golf, you know. So uh, it caught me, uh, caught my eye. And uh, he was a member of a country club, so we played a little. I got to play a little bit, so that's how I got into the golf. My dad was really big into it. Now, when's the last time you had a golf club in your hands? You know what? I went about I went about two weeks ago. I, like, there we I, live, go. I, like, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, I went two weeks ago. I played a par three course. Eight played all eighteen holes. Hey, you know what? I parred. I parred four of the four of the holes, so I'll take it. Yeah, that's right. That's getting the job done. Now we're going to work on you this season. We're going to get some of the new Callaway technology into your hands. They have their brand new Apex irons. They also have the new Big Bertha, which is the the irons that I really have my eye on because mm. uh, there's a lot of forgiveness, a lot of surface area, a lot of forgiveness in those <laughs> things. Sure. But I'm glad we'll we'll be able to compare notes uh, a little bit 
on that as the season progresses. Now, I know because we were exchanging notes that you were watching all of the Sunday develop. Well, you watched quite a bit of the AT&T because we, we, the, the first thing we need to talk about is friend of against all odds uh, and friend, personal friend of the cousin Sal, Tony Romo. The, the wizardry continues, Harry. Mm, it, it, it's really something. I mean, if, if anyone out there has listened to Against All Odds, is a fan of the show, uh, Parlay Kid and Cousin Sal, both uh, uh, members of the show, are huge, like you just said, huge uh, Tony Romo fans, to- Cowboy fans. And I've just ripped Romo here and there about being overrated <laughs> and this and that. And I, I got I to gotta, I gotta stop. I just got to be a man, a uh, house, and I got to stop because... This guy's predicting plays. He's doing Super Bowls, and the shot that he—well, first off, the shot that he put on the on the uh, on the tent, uh, and where people had to move uh, the tables and the chairs so he could hit off the hospitality uh, table area was amazing in, in the first. But to pull off the shot, it was like something out of like Happy Gilmore, where he hits it out off the top of it onto the green about. Six inches away from the from the cup, unbelievable, simply unbelievable. It was an uh, absolutely un- unbelievable golf shot. The only thing that I will say, and and this is going to sound like I'm detracting from it, and I and I don't intend to do that, but he is so effing good at golf. I mean, he had genuine ambition, genuine aspiration to try and qualify for a U.S. Open. And he's participated in some events and, and, you know, has finished top three. I don't know if he's ever won that event that's out in, in Tahoe, that Reno Tahoe mm, right, right. Uh, celebrity event. But he's always up there. Um, I mean, he's legit. He, he might be, you know, right around scratch or, 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 you know, minus one or plus one. He's a very accomplished golfer. For him, the, 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 the funny thing about that lie, it's a, it's a perfect lie when you get up onto, that, onto the floor the floor of that hospitality tent, that little venue there, it's it's a little bit of carpeting. It's like hitting from a from a range. It's a perfect lie at a if driving. You know, and that's what? if you don't get it in the air, that's hitting something. It could, people are taking pictures and video. People yeah, but head with if that. you're that close, if you're good at golf, you're hitting it in the air. All he has to do is put his head down and take a swing. It's like a it's a perfect. You know, I, I think he had a perfect number for it. Again, it sounds like I'm taking something away from it. I mean, he was on camera. All the people were there. They moved. They went all the trouble to move the tables and chairs. Oh, it was yeah. a spectacular shot. And it was a real capper to the run that he's been on this football season. He's, he just walks over to the to golf. Uh, I finished the Super Bowl. Now I'm going to go play Pebble Beach and watch this shot that I pull off. Exactly. And like announcer at the time, it was, uh, it was Terry Gannon doing it with Nick Baldo. And Gannon had a great line. He said, this, 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 is, this guy's having an unbelievable year. What else can he do? You know? <laughs> well, if, if, he, if he qualifies for the U.S. Open, we'll know. <laughs> right. Anyways, that was, that was uh, something. Well, speaking, speaking of uh, qualifying for the U.S. Open, you and I are going to give out um, some picks uh, for this week's event, uh, the Genesis Open at beautiful Riviera in Los Angeles. But I wanted to get your feel. I know you've been sort of examining the schedule, looking at where the majors fall, because uh, you know we have a, a revamped schedule, and also looking at some interesting odds for you know potential value plays of, of some guys out there sure. that people may not be expecting to perform well 
in the majors. Name, identify for me a couple guys that you're looking at at this early stage who you think might show up in the majors and do something. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking at uh I'm looking at Xander Shufley. Uh, he's seventh in world rankings. I think he's a good value. You can get him to win a major at ten to one. I believe I last time I checked on Sportsbook.com, he was ten to one. This is a guy who's very quiet, but is a fantastic golfer. Everybody talks about, you know, for example, Ricky Fowler, uh, you know, and he's a special guy on the tour, and he had a nice win a week and a half ago here in Scottsdale. But Xander won his fourth tournament in 20 less events than it took Ricky to do. It's very impressive. So it's at 10 to 1, I think that's a very good value. Um, a guy that's now, playing you, really good. What's up? I was going to ask you, do you have a particular view on which major he might win? Is there one that you would lean towards more than other? He's so young, so you know it, it, it's 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 interesting. Um, I mean, like they're playing a, over uh, when they play uh, uh, across the pond. They're playing on a course they haven't played on in like fifty years for that. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays. That's right, Royal Portrush. I mean, he was up there decent uh, this week. You know, when they play when they come back to Pebble Beach, um, maybe also playing Beth Page Black, which hopefully I get to see you there. I think I'm going to go to that, pal, so maybe I'll see you there. Oh, uh, wow. Is, is, is Cousin Sal paying? Uh, <laughs> maybe. We'll see. I hope he Let's I, work I that he out. Let's, let's, he better. Something. Yeah, well, let's let's get a fairway rolling against all odds activation. Let's talk to the ringer. Somebody's got to nope. pay. Exactly. So uh, we got to figure something <laughs> out to get over there, but I think, we're gonna, I think I'm going to make it to that. Um, I'm looking also at a Australian uh, Cameron Smith, Australian Cameron oh. Smith at 20 to one. He was 28 to one a month ago. Now he's down to 20 to one. He's 27th oh, in the world rankings in his last 12 tournaments. This kid, he's young too. In his last 12 tournaments, he's finished outside the top 25 only twice. And he won a couple weeks ago. Um, a couple months ago. I mean, uh, when he won the Australian PGA, uh, uh championship, he's an up and comer. So I'm looking at him too. And one guy who I'm also looking at house that's, not going to get much value here, but he's been great. And it's American Bryson DeChambeau. He's only four yeah. to one to win a major. And Vegas is on to him, I guess. He's always in the top of the leaderboard. He has six career wins, and he's only 20, like 25 years old. And at 25, he shot up to fifth. He's fifth in the world ranking. You know, so I think it's only a matter of time till he pulls one out. But at four to one, these odds are tough to take. Yeah, I don't like those odds at all. I, I might look for Bryson. Let me look, pull it up right now. I have the Masters odds open. I want to see if I can get any value on him to win the Masters. He's way up there, 15 to 1. God, that's no value mm-hmm. whatsoever. I mean, he's only no. played it twice. He had a great, he had the chance to be tied for the lead going into Saturday before he triple bogeyed uh, 18 on a Friday by hitting a drive that, that basically landed almost on, on two green, but (laughs) I love Bryson as well. Now here's the interesting thing. You just mentioned three names that are all young studs. Those, that, that is the youth brigade brigade right there. I'm I'm going all the way back to my 1980s punk rock days, the youth brigade. I don't know if you listen to them, but anyway, that's a youth brigade right there, uh, of, of, uh, hot and heavy up and comers. Let's review quickly the, the the season that we've experienced so far in 2019. 
a lot of classy wins by classy veterans. And, sure. and you're going against the grade and you're looking for some value in some up and comers because, you know, the, these classy vets, like you can't get any odds whatsoever on Justin Rose, for instance, no. winner at Torrey Pines to win the Masters or to win a major. Justin Rose is 12 to 1 to win the Masters. That's not very good. I, I will tell you this. I, I will tell you this, though. You know, it, it's interesting because, like you just said, Rose, you're not going to get much value. Um, to win a major this year, Kapka and Rose are three and a half to one to win a major. Rom uh, is four to one. Jason Day's five to one. I mean, world rankings, you got Rose and Kapka, they're one, two. Rom is six. Like I just mentioned, Jason Day, he's 11th. But it's interesting. Tiger Woods is 13th in the world, and yet he's only plus 275 to win a major. And you can get better odds on all those other guys that I mentioned. Very interesting that Vegas is all over Tiger. Yeah, I, I the one that I like Tiger at this year is Royal Port Rush. I think just think there is uh, something about him and the Claret Jug and let letting letting that be the next major that he wins to to really uh, reestablish his eminence and his his uh, reascendance to the top. I mean, the Tour Championship was nice, but holding the Claret Jug that's history, that's legacy. So if he's going to win a major this year, that's the one. Can he keep those drives straight there? We're we're gonna maybe he won't hit driver. You know this was the yeah. thing we we saw him whenever we saw him go stinger, get into stinger mode, uh, and he didn't necessarily have to hit driver. Um, you know we good good things were were, were happening with with LT Gray. Uh, yeah. All right, let let's pivot. Let's pivot. Uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about this upcoming week at the iconic. Uh, Riviera Country Club in Los Angeles, California. Now, have you been there? Last, uh, I know we 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 were comparing notes. You've been to Tory before. Have you been to Riv? I haven't been there, but the, you know what's funny? You mentioned Sal. Sal that has been to one golf tournament in his life. Out of the sports that he covers and does and everything, been to one. He went to Riviera last year. He loved it too. He loved it. Well, it's a, it's a beautiful walk. I've been fortunate enough um, to not only be there, uh, but I've actually played the, the golf course. Oh, have you really? Wow. It's magical. Nice. It's absolutely magical. It's a, it's a, it's a, the experience of it is beautiful. You understand the design. You know, George, it's an old George Thomas uh, design, you know, with a couple updates. Fazio had, had an update. But, you know, it's that, that classic golden era architecture where – Every kind of hole pre- presents a different experience. It looks physically different. You you almost could be like playing a different venue um, because of of you know the 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 each experience is its own unique um, you know kind kind of uh, each hole is its own unique experience is, is the point I want to make. Now I want to talk about. I'm going to give out five names here, and the reason I'm going to okay. give out. Five, Harry, is because that's how many Odyssey putters were in play uh, among winners across all of the tours in, 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 in golf, in professional golf. Phil Mickelson, a win this week with a Versa putter. On the European PGA Tour, the winner used uh, Versa two ball red putter, the web.com Tour, the winner had an O-Works number one wide putter. The PGA Champions Tour, a white-hot two-ball long putter. Uh, in fact, all three top finishers there had Odyssey putters. And then the LPGA Tour, the winner had a mm-hmm. Works Big T V-Line putter. We might have to get you uh, an Odyssey putter as part of our 
our golf connection there, Harry. I'll try it. I'll try anything. Believe me. That sounds great. <laughs> so I want to give out five names for five, those five, uh, beautiful putters. And, and I'm, I'm looking, uh, mainly for, 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 for value. And, and I'm just going to say, say some names. I, I like, I like Adam Scott. He's in form. He's back to golf. He's, he's done, you know, he, he, he had, he had his kids and, and he was kind of off in Australia doing his surfing thing. He's back. He's, he's paying attention. He has a great track record at Riviera 28 to one. He's available right now. Tony Finau last year proved how adaptable he is to any golf course co-runner up uh, in this event, led the field in strokes, gained T to green, 25 to one. He's available. You mentioned this dude, Cameron Smith. This is his fourth visit. He's made the cut each of the three times he's played it. He tied for six last year. He led the field in bogey avoidance, and he, he has top 25s in five of his six starts this season. 40 to one Cameron Smith is available mm. at. I like Paul Casey this week. I I was on with the, I had Chris Vernon on. We're talking about the golf gods possibly rewarding him for his judicious treatment at the uh, Pebble Beach event, where he uh, went ahead and pressed the cause and said, "Look, we need to go inside, Phil. We're not going to play uh, the rest of this golf tournament until midnight in the dark. Uh, let's go on inside." And he protected his amateur partner who went on to win the event. Uh, his his amateur partner was the amateur winner of the AT&T Pebble. Congrats. I think the golf gods will look down at that. He's perfect uh, in making the cut six trips to Riviera since 2008. And, you know, he lost in a playoff in 2015. And he all he does is collect top 25s. And then I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm feeling very positive towards him this year. I think Rory McIlroy is ready. He's the, the odds stink. But I just think this is this is uh, and I've been burned on this so many times. It just feels like a new Rory. He's he's oh. uh, two 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 events already, top fives in in both. He's played you know fourth at the Kapalua and then fifth at at, at Torrey Pines. He's played Riviera twice and and finished you know top tied for twentieth in each event. But I just feel like this is the kind of event if Rory is wants to. You know, speaking of classy winners this year and guys that are um, kind of doing a "Hey, you forgot about me" thing, mm-hmm. this would be an event. This is a, a it's a it's an iconic venue. It's Tiger's tournament. Rory's going to be comfortable. He's playing with Tiger and 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 his pal Justin Thomas the first two rounds. And I just think if he if he really wants to to you know remind everybody as as we enter into. March and we get going here with uh, you know the Masters talk starts uh, uh, collecting a win at Riviera and sticking that in in his uh, basket would be a nice one. So those are yeah. my five. I like I like that Rory. You know it's it's, it's uh, I've been burned with him many times too. Don't get me wrong, I have too. But I like that he's playing <laughs> a lot more tournaments this year in the states and being a part of the PGA. Pretty much, uh, I'd say probably like 95, 90, 90 95 percent of the time. So. I think it's going to be interesting to see him play as the year goes through um, on courses maybe he's not so familiar with. But yeah, so far he's played pretty good. So uh, what what do you got for me? Name me name me a yep. couple well, names. Uh, let's give them out to all our birdie buddies. Yeah, it's easy to say. You know, Dustin Johnson plays well at Riviera, as does Jordan Spieth. And you can get Jordan Spieth this week at twenty five to one. I know sometimes you get that triple. Uh, you get that triple. I want to say on uh, on. 
Friday or I'm not sure if it was Friday or Saturday. That yeah, really it was a the eight ball. Heartbreaker, heartbreaker, heartbreaker. But I'm but I'm going to give out a, a twenty to one. I think there's really good value here. Uh, a three time champion here as well as Bubba Watson. Uh, he's definitely yeah. worth a shot at twenty to one. Um, Absolutely. Those three, I'm really looking at to play well. But I do have a long shot for you, House. I like it ninety Please. to one. Ninety to one. Scotland Martin Laird. Oh, interesting. Now I'm going to say that 91 to one is a bit extreme. I, I I understand that to everyone who's listening and everything. Like that. So I'm probably going to take him to finish in the top 20 at three to one odds. Three to one is pretty good. Oh, that's since good. He's, yeah, yeah, he's been in the top 20 at Riviera three straight years. He finished ninth last year, eighth the year before, and 2016 he finished 11th. So at three to one, top 20, Colorado State's own Martin Laird. Well, we know he's in form as well. He he had a top 10 uh, at Phoenix two weeks ago. I, I like that quite a bit. I, I am going to do this. When we hang up, I'm going to go rush and get this one in because it's it's a, it's a demonstrated fact. We give out some top 20 sometimes that are in that 3-1 to one to 4-1 to one class, and then uh, by right. the time I get around to, to putting it in on a Wednesday, they're all the way down to 1.5 to 1 or you know barely 2-1. to one. You got to get Come it on. on early. You got to get on it early. Get that value. Get that value. I love that yep. Martin Laird play. Well, Harry, uh, that was a, a, a triumphant appearance here on Fairway Rolling. I appreciate you coming on. You are a recurring guest. Yeah, I'll have you on as much as you will agree to get on the telephone. Thanks for coming on today, my dude. Appreciate it, pal. Thank you very much. It's been great. I love it. All right. We'll text and come up with a nice menu of, uh, of selections for the weekend. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Talk to you, Harry. You got it, pal. Thanks. All right, my par-saving pals, there we go. There you have it. Some outstanding prognostication, observation, and salivation. What? Only if any of these picks come through. We're trying to do it for you. Like we said, back next week with a review of the Genesis Open preview of the WGC event down in Mexico. Then I'm, I, I mentioned we're going to have a week off, and then we're on every single week through the Masters my birdie buddies it is going to be glorious let's hit them straight This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.